Hello everyone, welcome to Crash Cinnamon. This is your host McKenna. Uh, today we have a wonderful guest. Her name is Louisa. She and her husband have come up with a wonderful concept called Kunda Kids. It's a series of books featuring African heroes like Shaka Zulu, Queen Katami, which is amazing. And I think it's an awesome concept and a concept a wonderful venture and especially um bringing our african heroes the ones we don't remember people don't really talk about to the forefront and obviously this brings the whole topic of black representation in books and children's books so um i found this conversation very enriching and i hope you enjoy it um there's a few technical glitches here and there, but you know it doesn't take away from the richness of the conversation. So visit their website, order the books. There'll be a wonderful gift this Christmas to your children. There's a lots of information. They have discount going on, so check their socials. And for those women who want to go into publishing, Louisa is going to tell you you can do it all. She's a mother. She's a wife. She's a publisher. She works with Unilever as an innovator so yeah go for your dreams go for your passion I hope this conversation inspires you ladies and gents as well (laughs) to to actually go for the then some part of your life don't let it uh, fade away enjoy the conversation and as always thank you for tuning into the crash cinnamon episodes Where do you even begin when somebody asks you about everything that your life entails? That's <laughs> <laughs> a big question. Um, okay, so I guess just to put it simply, I'm a mum. Yeah. I have a 21-month-year-old boy. Oh, uh, wow. Who is, yeah, he's everything. Um, I'm also married. My husband, my husband is called Dele. Um, he's from Nigeria. I was born in mm-hmm. Uganda and we met in, 2000, in the summer of 2013 in London. Yeah. Um, and yeah, the rest is history. We. Okay. Yeah, um, we live in London, in South London. We actually recently moved here from Cambridge. And wow. we lived in Cambridge for a short time. My husband was doing his MBA. And I was also working um, at the Cambridge University Press as a mm-hmm. senior product marketing manager, which gave me a lot of insight into the world of publishing, um, building, uh, selling books, and, uh, and understanding that book space. Um, yeah. A little bit about me, I suppose, in terms of just like a background. I was raised yeah. in London. Uh, yeah. I grew up in a single parent household with my mum. My father passed away when I was quite young. So it's been mm-hmm. my mother and I for most of our lives. I graduated in journalism. I always wow. thought I was going to be a graphic designer. I decided <laughs> not to be, but I still yeah. do a lot of graphic design um, and artwork in my own spare time. I mm-hmm. did the designs, the covers, the, the, the overall, um, anything design related with the books. That was me, except from the illustrations. Yeah. So that was fun. And mm-hmm. um, I work at Unilever, which is wow. um, a lot yeah, of people. Yeah, I know. Most, yeah, most yeah. people do. Um, yeah, I work there as an innovation specialist. It's a really fun job. I get to do a variety of different things. Um, and yeah, I guess I, you know, when lockdown happened for us in uh, March 2020, 
uh-huh. we kind of just had a lot of time my husband and I um it was all a bit strange because we're now adapting to working from home yeah. our summer's home yeah. and, uh, you know we had a lot of interesting conversations and one of them was around the lack of representation mm-hmm. of um, black and African children in the UK yeah. but internationally really to be honest outside of Africa the representation is still really poor and yeah, we kind true. of developed the idea about the books uh, together and, and that's where we are now so they kind of that was a whistle-stop tour of my life <laughs> right? I, mean, I mean you're from everything you've explained you're really multifaceted in many things I mean journalism there's graphics there there's innovation at Unity but then you're a publisher you know, an entrepreneurial mom, wife, there's so many things. And I think that's what I like about being a woman and what we represent, because we have so many hats. And and that is why I decided to have this series about uh, the everyday woman and then some, because then some people forget that. Sometimes even us as women, we forget there's more to us than just being, you know, uh, whatever you feel you are, whatever you identify yourself there's always something more you know absolutely and I'm, I'm, that rather wow that's amazing that's really great <laughs> thank you thank so, you so much just on question to that mm-hmm. what happened to graphics why why journalism what happened to the graphic side of things yeah that's you? a really good question so um i had a passion for graphic design from as soon as i could really articulate what it was and yeah. um I, I kind of wanted to be a cartoonist an animator and then i learned more about graphic design when i, when I got a bit bigger and when I got a bit older and decided that's what I wanted to do but um, yeah. I would say looking back at it now I think the fear of failure is why I didn't mm-hmm. go into graphic design and I think that's something that really plagues our communities sometimes yeah. when you're a black person you feel like you can't afford to fail or you can't afford to make mistakes and sometimes mm-hmm. the barriers that come with entering certain professions can be mm-hmm. really intimidating and um, mm-hmm. I felt like that with graphic design I yeah. was the only black person in my class and yeah. Well, my class came from a really privileged background mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. you know the, 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 the equipment and the software was really expensive and okay, I did yeah. kind of think to myself like everybody else in the class didn't really have a very very um, set career plan and uh-huh. they didn't they weren't like you know when I leave uni I need to make money I need to do mm-hmm. this it was more like I'm doing this for the love and the passion of it whereas yeah. I was thinking when I finish uni I have <laughs> I need money I've got to I need money yeah I didn't have um the roadmap that I needed yeah. at that time, I think, mm-hmm. gave me the confidence to pursue graphic design with clarity. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, I, I also love to write and surf, and, and one of my best friends is who I was sharing my dorm with was a, a journalist, and um, she was working for a newspaper at, at the same time, and I could see her doing something that she really loved, but also mm-hmm. making a career out of it. Um, yeah. I just thought, you know, if you can write well and articulate yourself well in storytelling is such a strong skill. So I thought, yeah. this is what I'm going to do. And then from, yeah. um, from journalism, I worked as a research journalist for some time and then branched into business and marketing, which, to be honest, is another form of storytelling. They're, they're quite closely yeah. related. Um, uh-huh. And then, yeah, from marketing, I've been focusing a little bit more specifically on innovation. But, yeah, that's really why I didn't get into graphic design, to, uh-huh. to be honest. I wish... Um, I wish I could have told my younger self mm-hmm. a, a little bit about the world and that you can actually pursue things that you are passionate about. Um, yeah. But, you know, you do need to have a plan on how you want to navigate that, how you want to self plan where you want to get true. work experience. And I mm-hmm. didn't know anybody in the design world to lean on. Yeah. So, yeah. So, I, to I was like, I'm not going to take any chances. I don't want to be broke. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 
and I think and I think there's there's a lot of um, how can I say there's a lot or at stake for something like that. It's almost like you're putting all your chips on one in one basket, and sometimes you like, know if I don't know anyone who looks like me who's done this, you know, I'm not, how am I going to explain to my mom that this is what I want to do? It's it's exactly. not happening. So I can appreciate that. And this was before the mindset we're in then. Mm. Exactly. Now you're yeah. right. This was before social media. This is yeah. before we had the tools to empower ourselves Definitely. and spread our word mm-hmm. and our, our, our images and our talent across, you know, across borders. So yeah. uh, I I didn't know what the world was going to be like and that it would be more facilitating. So I think yeah. it's on that. Yeah, I understand. I appreciate that. And it's, it's, it's fascinating how in, in like five, six, ten, you know, even in one year, how things change in the space we are in. And had we waited three months, eight months, you know, something would have changed. But you know, it's everything's always in hindsight. You you never know. And I think also we've landed in the right space because um, at the end of the day, sometimes it comes full circle. However, I, you've mentioned something that really resonates with me because I I know this for sure. Also, being in my in my field right now, that I've experienced almost like imposter syndrome kind of thing. I'm like, where am I here? I don't know anyone who's like who's like me who's here. And I, it's something I'm actually trying to. Um, yeah. It's triggering me in many ways. I think actually having those kinds of conversations, but I think it's important in 2020 now that we understand ourselves a bit more yeah. and we can we can pinpoint what was wrong, you know, back in the day. What was that emotion? Mm, no, what you're saying is really relatable. And uh, I was done a podcast about uh, emotional intelligence, and I didn't know. I used to think it's this word that's just flying around, but actually. <laughs> Understanding what emotion you're feeling and actually giving it a name, it's quite very difficult to say, I actually didn't do this because I felt this and this, yes, you know. Yes. So I appreciate that. And, uh, so what was it like watching Cambridge Press? Oh, those, are, those are the only things I see. I see the Cambridge Press, well, you, you know, know. It was very interesting, you know. And, you know, you want to take the word interesting and bold it, italic it, underline it, and highlight it as well. It was super interesting. I was sort of... Um, Knowing full well, I did not fit the mold of a typical publisher or somebody that would be working in publishing or fit the mm-hmm. mold of the typical kind of person that works mm-hmm. for the press and usually gets hired by the press. So first mm-hmm. of all, I'm black. Um, mm-hmm. Second of all, I'm young. Third of all, mm-hmm. I, you know, I have a journalistic background, but not like um, a, a, a strict editorial background. In terms yeah. of editing. Um, and most of my background is mainly around broadcast. So mm-hmm. uh, they took their sort of bets on me because I had a really strong business acumen. And I came from um, marketing and consumer research and I've worked uh, very successfully with a number of different consumer brands um, and products. And they really wanted somebody with a commercial eye to help transform the, mm-hmm. industry, transform, um, the company because it was an industry that could be mm-hmm. quite dated doing things the same way, yeah. evolving to mm-hmm. um, consumer needs. So I sort mm-hmm. of came in as a, a breath of fresh air, I guess. Yeah. Which is fantastic, yeah. but I, I would also say came with a lot of pressure. Um, yeah. Because, you know, as we talk about imposter syndrome, it's always uh, a little bit nerve-wracking when you're somewhere where you are sure that you're not typically really supposed to be. Not that I don't deserve yeah. to be there, and I, you know, I really need yeah. to try and, and take ownership yeah. of the spaces that I'm in. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, when you know that um, you're a bit of an anomaly, 
it's difficult to feel mm-hmm. comfortable and I would say mm-hmm. that there was a very clear lack of exposure to different mm-hmm. people from different backgrounds within that organization mm-hmm. there were probably about a thousand of us um, I did have wow. to um, endure some uncomfortable questions sometimes um, I remember like on my first week somebody said to me oh how because I joined just in the, just the, the cusp of winter and, and they were like yeah. oh, how are you managing with the cold and I'm like yeah it's okay it's not that much cold in Cambridge than it is in London and then yeah. uh, she's like oh oh sorry yeah, she thought good. like oh she just thought I just came straight <laughs> from Africa for the job yeah, and that's I was not like, the you know, or just sometimes comments about people at the reception mm-hmm. they'll be like oh dear you know it's terrible what's happening there and I'm like yeah it's terrible what exactly is happening there too um, yeah. and that's it like just that perception of Africa and Africans I think mm-hmm. it can be um something that my husband and I I would say have had to yeah. manage um in mm-hmm. our workplaces and spaces mm-hmm. um and yeah so but I I think culturally I never really ever felt like I, I, I fit in um and mm-hmm. I think I was a, a lot more quieter and maybe not so much mm-hmm. my um I didn't always bring myself to work if that makes sense okay. but I had a wonderful uh-huh. relationship with like my line manager there I learned so mm-hmm. much there um it was great but I knew that this wasn't somewhere that I could be my authentic self I also felt like there was so much work that needed to be done in the industry and I was going to be exhausted by being the only or one of few people bouncing conversations about diversity and inclusion in publishing Um, Mm. so when the right opportunity came I I left but I, I did have a wonderful time there that's great well, I mean congratulations for sticking it out and that's <laughs> amazing awesome. I think sometimes we forget when you're the first in many things you may you, we want to look at you know when it's, it's celebrities and everything but when you're the first in your everyday uh, kind of jobs where you, you know it's traditionally this mm. way you have to give yourself that part you know on the back because you're like okay maybe it doesn't count but actually it counts because now they know what somebody else like you could bring. Yeah, exactly. You know, everything to hire, and it should actually. It shouldn't be the end. It shouldn't be the one who's broken no, the glass. Exactly. And then, and I, you know. I hope that would be the case. Definitely during my like tenure there, I did start to see more people, mm-hmm. um, like a different diverse background starting to work that there, and that, that was really encouraging. Um, and yeah. It was fun just to do lots of different things. We started our first podcast there and did like magazines mm-hmm. and brought oh, a lot great. of creativity to the role, which I which I really enjoyed. That's amazing and that's great. And which brings me to this question now. How did you, uh, for example, how we will talk about one of the, the characters, Queen Katami. And how did you find out about her, for example, when I think you said you, you grew up in, in London, yeah. isn't it? You were not born in, in Africa, Correct, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, I was born in Uganda, yeah. but I came when I was very young, so I've been oh. raised in the UK. Okay. so you have a you have an idea of what, of what it is okay so what led you to for example to choose someone like like heart hiv well um i would say queen yeah and queen tammy um both mm-hmm. of them i had never actually heard about until i embarked on the research process of these books presumably ah, i had heard about very very minimally mm-hmm. i had an idea of him mm-hmm. and where he was from mm-hmm. um, and had a perception of mm-hmm. him which actually it's a little bit wrong but um mm-hmm. what we have come to know about Shakazulu is not necessarily correct about presumption yeah is. um the productions that were made exactly and yeah. uh, and mm-hmm. Musa, my husband had told me about him um so mm-hmm. the thing is mckenna i came to know mm-hmm. about these ancient african leaders 
such a late stage in my life mm-hmm. and I mm-hmm. wish that I had known them earlier I know about Henry VIII mm-hmm. I know about Napoleon mm-hmm. um, you know and uh, where are where are our heroes right yeah and more more so where are our ancient African heroes we do hear about mm-hmm. Nelson Mandela mm-hmm. of course um, yeah exactly and you know Muhammad Ali but there is this notion that African history started and stopped with slavery and it, yeah in 1900 exactly. yeah and, and if you have if, you, if you're living in the diaspora um, and mm-hmm. are educated in the diaspora it's more than likely if you're lucky to even be taught African history that that is the impression that you will, you will be given and I think it's extremely mm-hmm. problematic so I actually learned about these um, these ladies just during this research process because my husband and I were talking okay. about the fact that we don't know who were these mm-hmm. notable influential figures in our countries and the kingdoms you know mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just yeah. did my research girl I just hit the internet I just found some books That's I was in cool. Cambridge so I had a wealth yeah. of resources at my disposal yeah. um, and mm-hmm. you know one of the challenges we we found I found definitely as a woman uh, writing and developing a character of another woman right was mm-hmm. about mm-hmm. wanting to do it justice I actually found the male story yeah. so much easier but maybe because I wasn't putting so much pressure on myself but like, yeah. Um, yeah yeah there was a, there was actually another queen that we had thought about doing and we decided not to uh, Queen Amina and there was mm-hmm. also Queen Nzinga of Angola who I loved but we, oh, we, we, we yeah. couldn't yeah. develop a, a strong enough narrative in, in mm-hmm. the production process but um, mm-hmm. with someone like Queen Amina unfortunately there was some historical depictions of her character and how she was like a man eater mm-hmm. and how mm-hmm. and uh, you know mm. we, we don't know the extent to which these things are true they might be but they also there's good reason that they might not be but um mm-hmm. we wanted to find characters that parents and children would be introduced to but knowing mm-hmm. full well that we've sown a seed and it's likely that they're going to go and google these people themselves and yeah, I, was, yeah, I have yeah. to say I was quite conscious about the, mm-hmm. the misrepresentation of our information they're seeing is that this is like a barbaric character which is really unfortunate so we wanted to try and find characters that we can introduce young people and children Mm -hmm. to but when they do decide what more so so for young people when they do decide to to do a little bit of independent research that they're characters Mm -hmm. where there's some information that is complementary to the impression that we've given as well um so that Mm -hmm. uh yeah it's basically like a a consistent story and character so that's mm-hmm. why we chose mm-hmm. Queen Katani and, and Queen Mia. Um, for Queen Katani, it was really interesting because I didn't know anything about, mm-hmm. um, you know, Ugandan women are just like relentless, uh, hardworking, yeah. um, mm-hmm. go-getting women. So it didn't surprise me that someone like Queen Katani was out there. And I wish I just knew more yeah. about her. And actually, there's a statue that um, is in this place called the Gondo, uh, near where my mom okay. lives in Nuara. And it's of Queen Katani, but mm-hmm. I never knew who that woman was. It turns out that like yeah. Queen Katami um, was a leader, and uh, she was also written to be extremely beautiful, or you know whatever the beauty mm-hmm. standards were at that time. And yeah. but the thing yeah. that intrigued me the most was that she led an all-female um, army of what? Yeah. Right? And I love that mm-hmm. about her um, that she kind of had leadership, and she was, you know, I don't know, don't say it like a girl's girl, but she was a woman empowering other women. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and mm-hmm. yeah I found that really inspiring so that's what kind of motivated me to do Queen Tatami and, and for Queen Yara as well I thought she I thought it was a wonderful story for Queen Yara yeah I'll say um doing the research it was quite disappointing how hard she actually fought in real life to protect the golden mm-hmm. store mm-hmm. and there was yeah. actually like yeah. a lot of politics with her brother politics, around yeah. um you know them and the Portuguese around you know regarding the store which yeah. obviously we've omitted yeah. for children's storytelling um but yeah we wanted to make sure she saved the store in the story uh, yeah in the end uh, but I I thought that her story was amazing and how you know consistent and determined she was to preserve something that she knew was important her history um and she wanted she knew how valuable our culture is and and our artifacts are so um whilst in reality it wasn't quite a happy ending she mm-hmm. has passed down a legacy which inspires me exactly um, and which i hope mm-hmm. is going to inspire other people like me other adults but other children too that's true that's true that's true Thank you for that background and it's it's one of the reasons why I really wanted to uh, interview for this podcast because one, um, it's very hard to get books or anything in print about uh, mm. African history and you know, the conquerors, the people who actually moved and shaped yeah. the politics of, of yeah. them, how things were, you know, in everyday language, uh, colloquialism came from this kind of thing and it's something I've been actually fighting for uh, to see so i am always on the lookout for people who do those kind of works that's always very keen to um invite you for this podcast and just say yeah <laughs> good job because it, you might you might not see it now but the books are definitely going to come in and because like you said we're having cho- like for example i have a, a oh, and I have to read. <laughs> thank you quite interesting i have to consciously remember as i am teaching her all the other things like now we are winning and all that but i have to focus on okay she has to know her culture and beyond what is is given to us you know and um it's it's very important for not only you know the people who are from african descent to know about their culture but also the people they interact with from other nations and nationalities because as you said the narrative has always been the same and there's like a gap before 1900s like we were all yeah. killing each other yeah. and that was it you know there's nothing else and there's a blank it's, it's good to actually narrate the story as it were and also give it the, the flavor and uh, the imagination of what it could be like now it's, it's quite interesting and as you said sometimes what I know because I, I grew yeah. up in Kenya actually um, I'm now 17 so I remember we were taught so much about Africa and Chaka Zulu and Queen Kitami, all these people and Mansa, especially the money issue was like, wow, <laughs> yeah. money. but nobody talks about it. Nobody talks about the schools, uh, you know, the education system is set up in place. Nobody talks about his passion and why he is so, okay, let's, yeah, let's yeah. do this, you know. And, and I think it's very important because um yeah and I, I remember there was a program with Shaka Zulu actually when i was younger on tv but it was done from a western point of view so it it wasn't fully what he was you know and how he was yes he was very militant he was very um you know he those battles are one battles i mean that guy fight and drove people away in fact there's a there's a story about my tribe actually oh, there because i'm already yeah. thinking about like the next stories we want to tell so if there are yeah. stories, by the way, so, you come from, please share uh, with me. I love that. 
yeah apparently they say because africa is, is split into four four or five major tribes okay so we have the bantus the kushites yeah. the Somites, and the Nile. so i come from a bantu uh setup so apparently our group we came from cameroon and all these kind of things and we found ourselves somehow in in the south of africa and because of shaka zulu he drove us out of then what it used to be called kept uh, groups of us kept moving now further up so, so there are some who settled in Zimbabwe, Mozambique, Tanzania and now the rest of us settled yeah. in, in Kenya and I actually kind of believed that story because when I speak to um, people from Southern African countries especially when they speak in their languages their dialects like Shona and Derela you can when they speak you actually can tell those words I from your tribe you can understand each other so I remember I had friends from especially in university and they'd hear me speak to my mother especially that's when yeah. I speak my, my mother tongue and they're like I've understood what you said and I said you know actually we were taught this but I had never had a chance to verify yeah. the details because never until I came to England I didn't meet people from mm. all over Africa and all over so it is true there was a lot of you know migration and a lot of things Shakazuli changed the yeah. setup of Africa actually to be honest because we would have settled there and I don't know how it would have been what what would we would it look like how would all these other things and the same thing happens in in West Africa and in the north as well so yeah so, so it's it's quite fascinating how um dynasties and and rulership actually goes and for uh, the, when you spoke about um the all female you know uh, army and it reminds me of the army yeah. but yeah it's it's interesting and another thing also I was very interested in is because sometimes um africa is african stories are not told mm-hmm. in balance yeah in by that is you will always hear about a certain region of africa more yeah. than another region um, and sometimes it's 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 it makes me think maybe people will think this other side of Africa was not acting, yeah, but, there was but it was. It, was. it just wasn't recorded. Yeah, there was a lot. Yeah, it wasn't recorded, or somehow the information disappeared and, and everything like that. For example, um, I my grandmother, I'm not from my dad's side. She's still alive, and she's almost 103 wow. years of age. And she she tells me something sometimes, and I'm like, wow. You know, I I wonder how it would have been to yeah. live in those times. And every time I get to see her, she'll divulge some more information about a certain thing she thinks would be necessary yeah. for me in that age. And I've always wondered how she decides. Okay, this is the time to tell her. Okay, this is this this happened, and this is part of my history. And it's quite interesting. And I actually thought to myself the other day, why have I never recorded her? Why have I never recorded those stories? Because now slowly dementia is coming in and some of the things I can never get again. You know, like some folk stories she used to tell me and some legends and folk tales and all these kind of yeah. things. I will, you know, it's for my memory. Yeah. That would the real energy electricity everything is it's documented including 
you know what was amazing about you know very spot or something like that you know how i'm like we have the narrative we have to own it no i was just saying yeah. I, I, at some there was a, at some point uh, i used to run a blog and a podcast called after that mm-hmm. and it was uh, an exploration into pan african culture and lifestyle so i just had these conversations with groups mm-hmm. of people from the diaspora sometimes my friends sometimes people i don't know sometimes a mix and just talk about mm-hmm. loads of different things how we how we came to be perceptions about race and failing and succeeding and whatever and i just said you know if anything i just want to be able to like look back and listen to these conversations when i'm like i don't know 60 70 years old and yeah think about how much the world has changed um and i thought like imagine if i was to sit down with Martin Luther now would we even have anything to say just because our point the reference point could be so different and the world is so different and our values are different but on a, on the point of values yeah. and I like i think um teaching young people about our history and our culture is one thing but something that was so important mm-hmm. to me and i guess you know all these big feelings i have about this book collection that mm-hmm. you know i wish i could tell everybody on facebook and instagram and everything about everything i feel and can't get us to this point so here which is why when i got the idea and conversation about it but one thing i really yeah. wanted to come out in these books was just human values right and <laughs> i spent a lot of time thinking about these characters and the times when i can be quite introspective and i just really I, i'm the kind of person like i could i could spend a whole day just sitting at the airport and just watching people and just thinking like all the different places that they come to like it's such a, a, such yeah, a, a yeah. people watcher and i love thinking about mm-hmm. people and thinking about why they're thinking what they're thinking which is um why I really enjoyed some parts of marketing so much but um I was thinking yeah. about Shaka Zulu and then when I was developing this character because Shaka Zulu was as you said portrayed to be like a really strict or sort of authoritarian um person and mm-hmm. you know actually described as being barbaric and ruthless and I was thinking to myself like you know there's sometimes things that people have said about me and it might not be untrue it's just not mm-hmm. all of you are described him as being um somebody that commanded leadership but the reason that we decided to do a story like uh Shakazulu learns to dance the original title was Shakazulu the king who couldn't dance mm-hmm. it meant to be a bit more humorous but um mm-hmm. so we changed it but yeah uh, just this it was meant to be like such a, a contrast with his character about him dancing mm-hmm. like nobody would ever have imagined that Shakazulu would care give a toss about dancing at all but it was actually yeah. to eliminate yeah. a softer side of his character that we want to overcome some of them can be big and some of them can be mm-hmm. small but as long as they have an importance in our life it matters and for Shakazulu he really wanted to learn how to dance so he could fit in and have yeah. fun it's not that people didn't respect him but people can respect you but not necessarily love you or want to be around or you might be mm-hmm. the first person who's thinking when they're having a party or a gathering and sometimes just those parts mm-hmm. of human existence and um social our social existence matter so i really wanted to bring mm-hmm. like a really human social relatable story about just what it feels to be a person who wants to aspire a person yeah. to something which is 
very might be very simple but it's very difficult so I, I thought a lot about telling human stories and um, mm-hmm. trying to convey soft skills that as a parent you really want your child to attain to so confidence yeah. individuality kindness um, innovation and creativity problem solving the historical part is nice yeah. and like that's very much a core of what can the kids positive but I think definitely mm-hmm. for me as a writer and a, a developer of this series um, I, I also wanted it to extend just about human to human relationships um, and mm-hmm. uh, self-confidence and self-assurance because you, you definitely need it in this world to become self-assurance um, yeah definitely yeah like that's something that really really matters to me and there are times when like the Queen Kitani story she was in real life she was a warrior and led mm-hmm. um, an army of women but her story is about making friends mm-hmm. and the challenge around being socially mm-hmm. awkward that's what the story is about um, it's about oh, her interesting. needing to break into a different circle of friends very different to what she's used mm-hmm. to and how mm-hmm. she overcomes that eventually uh, not at first but eventually um, and how sometimes it's a bit daunting to have to step into situations whether they're personal or professional where you, you just really yeah, are like yeah. you guys are not a bit of me you're not my cup of tea. I don't even know what I'm doing yeah. here yeah. but you have to it's self-growth and self-development yeah. Yeah. so that's what we that is so that's true. what I try to do with these stories I really didn't want them to just be like a playful version of history I just wanted to take these amazing characters shrink them into children mm-hmm. put them in their own bubble in their own mm-hmm. like they're no adults in any of in any of the series they're all just children running their world mm-hmm. doing their thing um and problem so- solving and overcoming big and small challenges in life that's um, great yeah that is great that is great and i and i think that's very relatable and i think we share the same passion here about human stories and humanity here and it's the reason why i started my podcast because i realized we are struggling a lot with human relationships how to maintain them what is actually understanding you know why somebody is the way they are and you know how do you manage that now that you know this person is that way what you know what do you do and talking about socially awkward you know we have leaders who are like that and we find it you know, society is always framing the narrative they should be this way because you're, you know, a leader. Apparently, you can't be, you know, in one day looking at yourself all the time and be a president. You know, it's just very awkward, yeah. uh, apparently, you know, in the way society is. So I'm really grateful that you thought about this. Yeah, and this is this is great. I mean, and that's why I also like about the books that they have a different spin and it's it's not it's not taking away from the reality. It's just saying okay imagine he wanted to dance he wanted to learn yeah. and actually that's very <laughs> relatable because even in, in South Africa everything yeah. is dancing and music so I, I know when he, when he wore those buttons he yeah. was definitely yeah. dancing somewhere so that is, that is definitely yeah. amazing oh that's great I mean I, I love how um, you know true you say to the history but also how thoughtful you are of shaping um, you know then where to go next sometimes I think we read books um, whatever it is and we think okay so what's next what do I do with what I have been impacted with how do I you know 
change it it's given me this imagination what do i do you know sometimes books leave us at the end of the full stop but i think with your books uh, with, the, with the children will help them think okay now if he did this i can do this if i can he, he learned how to dance i can dance you know if he was a leader i can be a leader i think that beyond inspired that's actually now you know legacy set up kind of thing and that's really good and i think no parent wouldn't want that because i think as as you know as a parent it's difficult you want to keep all the whole world to your children but you know it's okay to tell them you will fail and yeah. these challenges will come but it's a human concept like you said uh, about the queens as well especially the stool situation it was quite difficult yeah. but in the end she got it you know yeah. and that's why it is it's hardship sometimes it's you know it's challenges it's how you navigate that and in the end to the end that's amazing and i'm so grateful for conversation it's been really wonderful to talk to you and just you know understand and yeah Thank keep you going with your husband so then we back it up so is it like uh, being a couple and <laughs> working together you know there's more things that you know married people shouldn't be working so close together uh, but you know you've, you've given us a you know background how it started during the lockdown and I'm, and I'm actually thinking the lockdown covid has you know it's kind of blessings in a way even though it it came to disrupt our world it's also brought out a lot yeah. of creativity and a lot of thoughts and um conversations that um most of them are fruitful okay i know some have come out negative but yeah we have these books now so that's great so how are they working with yeah uh, husband and um, i yeah, i love yeah. working and having been brought this to life with my husband um he mm-hmm. is uh an incredibly creative person um but we're just creative in very mm-hmm. different ways so you know my husband is yeah. a very more a methodical uh, analytical sort of person and mm-hmm. that kind of character usually typecast is not being creative um, but occasions yeah. usually in the mornings he just has these bright ideas and uh, there's they're just crystal clear and as clear as day and this series is one of those ideas mm-hmm. where he just woke up and said you know what about this and it was crystal and um and had a, a number of different other occasions like one day he just woke up and said i've got a board game and i'm like what <laughs> and he's like and he just yeah. spent the afternoon writing it out and printing it out and he played it with our friends and it was a hit and i think he's actually still so cool. now um it's just a uh, a real bright <laughs> spark of innovation um but in different bursts and in a different way i'm probably more um mm-hmm. maybe i'm more of your like typical artistic sort of person i like working in solitude Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm highly critical and I have mm-hmm. lots of ideas like that come all the time 100 miles an hour all day every day and they have to yeah. learn how to filter my, my mm-hmm. ideas because I'm too, too many and I get bored with them quickly yeah. so I think you have to try and uh, <laughs> manage me and the process especially writing there's mm-hmm. some books that just like fell out of me mm-hmm. so um, I think Queen Yarn mm-hmm. was one of those uh, and Shaka Zulu mm-hmm. was also mm-hmm. one uh, Queen Katami mm-hmm. didn't mm-hmm. flow out of me. But she flew mm-hmm. out, she, she came mm-hmm. out but she wasn't mm-hmm. rhyming. And these are all rhyming stories mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. it was a challenge to get her to rhyme. Mm-hmm. She didn't want to have a rhythm. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I told you, Katami <laughs> is a bit socially awkward, like she just didn't want to cut me any slack at all. 
So we really had to like yeah, try and yeah. give her a lot of patience and mold the story, but eventually we got there. Yeah. Um, and actually, Mansa Musa flew out of it really well. Shakisuri really did, but it took a lot of work with our editor to okay. refine Shakisuri. Yeah. Um, but working with my husband mm-hmm. and Shakisuri, mm-hmm. I think he's incredibly patient. Uh, such an incredibly yeah. patient person, and we try to yeah. have fun. I think the great thing about him yeah. and us is that we put our relationship before anything. So there are times when maybe like that's great, really overwhelmed. And actually, this week was a really good example. So mm-hmm. much happened this week because our mm-hmm. physical books landed at our house. A huge trolley came with all these books, and they came. And I uh, thought that when the boxes came, I would be like, "Oh my god, oh my god!" But actually, I was just like so overwhelmed with the fact that they were here. I just like I, I was just a bit quiet that day, and, um, and you know, and I think it was even later that night or something. Just like I had a really good cry, and it wasn't because anything was wrong, but it was because yeah, there was just so much emotion during the process, and we just got to the point and it felt such yeah. actually felt like a really fast mm-hmm. release. But it was, um, it was quite good for, for mm-hmm. helping acknowledge. My feelings. I know it's like my, my feelings, big and small feelings, mm-hmm. and just emotional intelligence. So you mm-hmm. know, when I'm in that space of, mm-hmm. um, and stuff like that, which I really appreciate because I think you need that in a partnership. Oh, that's great. That sounds yeah. like and, uh, yeah, and yeah, So I think we work well in that way. Um, and there's small things like I hate yeah. unread emails in my inbox. I can't stand it. And he has so many unread emails. <laughs> I, I just don't even know what to do. So we have some like really. <laughs> I'm, good. I'm glad you do. Don't like and read. Otherwise, you don't have seen my last thing. So, you know, there are some great. funny quirks that you get. Like, business relating, relatable quirks that you get. But we both know our. We both know our. Yeah. Like, oh, Louisa, you've got this. You present this. And then there's other things like when it comes to sales pitching, like yeah. money, talking about investment. Like mm-hmm. I just, I get really flustered, and that that's not my strength. But he's. I just walk on water. Yeah. So it's really fun. And I've actually, I think, oh, lockdown, gosh. the combination of lockdown and the combination of starting this venture mm-hmm. has um, opened me up mm-hmm. to like this new person that I've come to know in my husband that um, I wouldn't have seen if we had our like two separate everyday jobs and just catching up with each other on the weekends. So that's been wonderful, you know. It's oh, been wow. And even just seeing my son at home so much that's more, developing with him, it's fun. Yeah, not too yeah. And I'm really grateful for sharing that part. Thank you very much. Because it's, I've, all, I've always been pro saying if you're creative, you know, in, in as much as they say behind every man is a successful woman, you know, in every kind of relationship, you need both of you to understand what the other one is doing. And even if you can't, you can't fully get it, is you know, support it. And I'm glad that you know you both understand each other to that level and help each other. Sometimes, yeah, you have to manage them expectation of the other one and, I, and I'm so grateful so the books are here Thank and congratulations to both of you okay right now we are taking pre-orders right which is a really fun time so between now and December 15 mm-hmm. we're selling the books at a discount for the collection mm-hmm. which is uh, $25.99 for the four books mm-hmm. you can't buy them individually you can only buy the collection pre-order but we um, will get the books over to you for free ship the books for some people free if you're mm-hmm. in the UK, Europe and if you're in the US or Canada um, then we'll get them over to you at a discounted rate so we'll like mm-hmm. the shipping costs. We'll also throw in some um, character stickers so we've made mm-hmm. like little stickers of all the different characters and all of like, the fun scenes in the books because if you have young children it's like fun to put them on their bed and on their mm-hmm. love and stuff and 
then um, we created like yeah. activity coloring yeah. books from pages and themes in, in the books which you can download as well if you pre-order so right now pre-order at www.kundakids.com mm-hmm. that's our website um, and there you kind mm-hmm. of learn a little bit more about the characters the fictional characters and the real characters who they were as well and a little bit about our journey too Instagram is also a really good place to kind of mm-hmm. keep uh, up to date with our journey um, what we're doing uh, where we are yeah. in the process like bits and bobs of the books and I usually try and update that daily with my husband and make it as fun and relatable as possible so pre-order on our website we are officially launching on the descent on December the 15th um, we're gonna have uh, an online because of COVID, uh, mm-hmm. an online launch event you can I'll send you your invite mm-hmm. um, you know that's really love for you to come and, um, yeah, we just have a number of different guest speakers again talking about like the importance of human connection and storytelling in our culture and everything. And then after the launch, mm-hmm. the books will be available um, on Amazon, UK, and US, and you can buy them on Amazon okay. as, as a collection for yeah. £28.99. Um, mm-hmm. And then you can also buy them individually on our okay. website. So um, if there are some people who, who really just want mm-hmm. individual copies or they just might have like, I don't know, 10 months and lose the books, you can just do that directly on our website or um, mm-hmm. email us and, and, and deal with us especially like libraries and, and people like that but generally like we know everybody loves amazon yeah yeah we delivery so we'll be on yeah yeah it's from that time <laughs> that's great oh that's awesome and i hope and pray that you know you guys are big Thank and you. doing all Amen. the libraries in this yeah this I world shops because what you're doing is amazing and Thank it's you. been I've lovely really having this chat and conversation yeah. uh, behind it uh, yeah we, we say it was how long uh, but yeah we, I've enjoyed I've enjoyed and I really wish you all the best with the launch and what goes well and I yeah I'll be trying to show up and yeah and enjoy the journey and <laughs> yes, all those books. I mean, we want more characters as well, of course. Amazing, like action notes and action points for everybody. Um, don't forget to send me the link to the, the Kenyan yeah. uh, history and background. Absolutely love to find out a little bit more about your culture. <laughs>